You're listening to another hope-filled podcast from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifenz.org. I'm going to look tonight at a, at a a woman in the Bible in Proverbs 31. But if you're a man in the house, don't shut down because this is a message for all of us. There's principles from her life, strength and wisdom from her life that relate to each and every one of us. And I've um, entitled the message Man Up. And you'll understand why in a moment as I uh, just get to it. But I just want to look today at the wisdom from this woman who lived a very strong successful, significant life. I don't know about you, but I'm up for having one of those kind of lives. A life of more. You know, we have stepped into this year, proclaiming over our year, declaring over our year that it's going to be a year of more. And we've seen God do incredible things so far, but there's so much more to come. And this woman knew what it was to live a life of more. She was someone that just didn't live with the attitude that life was going to come to her. She understood that if she was going to have all that God wanted for her, that she would need to be expectant, number one, to prepare for it, to lean into it and actually to participate and be willing to do that in order to have what God wanted her to have in her life and experience everything that he had for her. Some of you uh, may have seen that video Paul did from our Vision Sunday weekend where he climbed a mountain and I'm so glad that he didn't expect me to climb that mountain with him. He actually had the audacity to tell me that I wouldn't have been able to do it, but he's probably right, I'm not fit enough, but they were fighting words to me. But, you know, to get to the mountain, there were things that it didn't just happen. He didn't just arrive and it was all easy. He had to prepare for it. He had to prepare mentally. He had to offload stuff out of his backpack. He realised along the way that there was stuff in his backpack that was going to hold him back, that he didn't actually need, that he thought he needed to have what God wanted him to get to that top of the mountain. And so I'm going to read from Proverbs 31, 17 to 18. And it says, She equips and girds herself with mental strength, spiritual, mental and physical fitness for her God-given task and makes her arms strong. She tastes and sees that her gain from work with and for God is good. Her lamp goes not out, but it burns on continually through the night of trouble, privation or sorrow, warning away fear, doubt and distrust. She was ready for whatever lies ahead. I love that. Do you know the word good actually comes from the ancient term and it means to man up. That's where the message title came from. It also means to get ready for hard work. To man up, get ready for hard work. It also means to surround, to encircle and to bind. And in the ancient days, the men and women used to wear long flowing tunics with a belt or a girdle, depending male or female. And what happened was when the men went to do hard labour or they went to fight a a battle or fight the Philistines, they used to lift that girdle, the tunic up and tuck it into their belt or tie it up so that in the heat of the battle, it wouldn't get in their way. In the, in the heat of hard work, they wouldn't trip up in life. They wouldn't f- fumble because the skirt or the tunic was in the way. 
That's what God calls us to do, to make sure that we gird up so that we don't trip over when life brings stuff to us, which it does to each and every one of us. We only have to keep breathing long enough to know that obstacles, that disappointments, that stuff will come our way to try and trip us up. Jesus instructed His disciples in Luke 12, 35, to keep your loins girded and your lamps burning. In other words, you're going to have to be prepared and live in a place of readiness always. Not just sometimes, but always. Ready for the enemy, because the enemy is always lurking around, the Bible says, waiting and looking for who he can trip up, pull down, knock out of the race. So we have to be alert and aware. So to step into this year of more, which we already have as a church, it's going to require that each and every one of us in this room, as a team of, at life, that we all man up, so to speak. We all get ready for what God has. There is expansion on the horizon. God is on the move, but we have to be ready for that. Are we ready for what God wants to give us? It's one thing for God to say, I want to give it, but are we ready for it? Our part to play is that we gird up, keep our lamps burning and be ready for God. The Proverbs 31 woman models to all of us the way we man up and the way we step into a year of more, a life of more, is by staying connected to God. Gaining strength and wisdom from Him. Keeping Him as our priority as she did, as our purpose is in Him, our source in Him. Living in His slipstream, so to speak. Not living in our own strength, which we all tend to, to do. We get busy, we get caught up, we just naturally live out in our own strength and sometimes leave God behind. But he's saying to make sure you're ready. I had a a vision in worship earlier on this year and I saw us marching together as a church, as an army of people, marching and forging forward in God. Jesus was actually in front of me and it was as clear as anything. It was like at ease turning around saying, come on guys, get in behind. And taking us on this journey, this incredible place of more, there was this big expansive land, all the people behind and we were falling in line and rank behind him. And as long as we were behind him, we were taking ground. We were going forward. The enemy had no place to pull us down or stop us. But there was a black cloud on the horizon. And in my mind, I'm saying to God, this is all in a moment of worship. It's amazing how you can have this incredible long thing. It seems like a long thing happened in just a nanosecond in God. But here this black cloud was. And in my mind, I'm saying, God, what's with the black cloud? The cloud's still there. And he was saying, yeah, the obstacles are still there. The challenges are still there. But as long as we're in behind him in that place, we're going to be okay. The stuff is not going to go away. The obstacles won't go away, but we prevail as we come in and put our trust in Him. This, this 31 woman lived her life. She knew what it was to live her life from her spirit man, not her soul man. She showed us how to be strong by living in that place. So she was prepared for whatever the journey brought her way. 
she wasn't knocked out when things came away and stuff came her way, just like it comes to each and every one of us. No exception to her. But her lamp was on, the Bible says. She was ready. Her connection with God didn't come and go. It was consistent. It was constant. It didn't come just in the good times or the good God times. It was in the stretching times as well. Her lamp was on. And that's a lesson for all of us to learn, to stay connected all the time, not to live up and down, up and down, but to, to live strong from that spirit man. Her checks and balances were in place. Her spiritual, mental and physical checks and balances were in place. And that's what enabled her to stay strong. She wasn't a superwoman on her own with extra giftings or talents. She was just connected to her God. And that's what caused her not to be taken out or trip up with the soul stuff that came her way. We all have soul stuff come our way, no exceptions. But when we live from our spirit, man, we can stand. The definition of spirit in the dictionary is actually essence, life force, supernatural. That's where she chose to live from, from that supernatural. God was her her essence, her life source. And when we learn to tap into that, you know, sometimes people have said to us, if we're going through a situation, how, how can we just stand up and um, seemingly act like nothing's happening in our life if stuff's going our way? But we've had to learn, like all of us have to learn, to live out of that spirit man, to tell that soul man, you are going to die, you are going to submit, you are going to surrender to the spirit of God that are stronger in us. Greater is he that is in us, the Bible says, than he that is in the world. It also said it enabled her that in trouble, in privation and in sorrow, she stood strong. The definitions of those words mean in a difficult time, in an inconvenient time, in a worrying time, in an anxious time, in a stressful time, in unpleasantness, in deficiency, in drought, in void, in lack, in loss, in absence, in need, in failure, in sadness, regret, despair, unhappiness, downheartedness, in grieving, she stayed strong. Fear, doubt and distrust the Bible said, had no place to find rest in her soul. When stuff came at her because she was girded and she was ready, her lamp was always on. And the brightness of her spirit man overpowered the darkness that her soul man tried to take over. John 1.5 says, And the light shines on in the darkness, for the darkness has never overpowered it or put it out or absorbed it or appropriated it and it is unreceptive to it. That's the place we need to learn to live from. That's the power that we have. That's the relationship that we have. It's not a religion. It's not an out there dead God. It's actually a living God, the Spirit of God in us and we can tap into that and live strong. So I'm going to just focus on three areas that she had girded her life that were key in her life to keep her not being taken out of the race. And the first one, which I've already alluded to, is her spiritual world. God was her life force, full stop. 
He was her strength. He was the one that provided the light in the darkness. She was continually plugged into him. You know, we don't ever graduate from that as Christians of being connected daily with God. We don't arrive. We don't think, oh, we've been Christians so long that we don't need to spend time with God every day. We need him daily. We need his strength daily. We need to be plugged into him daily. And we know it and we can say yes to it, but we don't always do what we know, do we? More often than we should, we allow our doing to overpower our being. And before we know it, we're in a weak place. The enemy comes, disappointment comes, stuff comes our way, and we're not strong enough to stand up against it. Recently, earlier this year, Paul did a message about um, a personal cross-the-table relationship and encounter that exchange that needs to take with Jesus in our life and how our dependency releases his authority. It's not a weak thing to be dependent on God. It's a strength and it gives us authority. Not just a knowing about, but a personal knowing and reliance and surrendering to. You know, I grew up uh, knowing about God, knowing about Jesus, but I didn't know him personally. And it wasn't until I was an 18-year-old girl that I was introduced to this personal Jesus that I could actually have a relationship with. And I've been getting to know him, quite honestly, ever since. I'm now 57 and I still am getting to learn new aspects of who he is and who I am in him all those years later. We don't arrive We have this ongoing interaction and personal exchange and experience. And it comes from time spent with him. It doesn't just come onto our doorstep. Like any relationship we were in, it comes with spending time with somebody, getting to know somebody, actually exchanging heart with somebody. In verse 15, it says about the Proverbs 31 woman that she rises while it is yet night and gets spiritual food for her household and assigns her maids their tasks. This tells me that her connection was her priority. Her connection with God daily as she rose daily was what gave her strength. It was her lifeline. It gave her strength. It provided her wisdom, not only for her own life, but wisdom to give to others. We can't give what we haven't got. And so she gained this wisdom and this understanding and whatever it is that was going on in her life and she was able to pass that on to something else. And that's what life's all about, isn't it? Not just learning for ourselves or being a fat cat in God ourselves, but actually learning and pouring that back out to others. So she girded herself spiritually. She girded herself um, mentally as well. Her mind was strong and anchored in the knowledge of God and His Word. And that's what enabled her to navigate life. That's what enabled her to live strong. When compromising situations came her way, when disappointment came her way, when stuff came her way, whatever it may be. It was her mind that was anchored in the Word of God that kept her true, that kept her strong, that kept her eyes fast and focused toward her God. She also had a strong sense of self. Her self-image was healthy. 
She was strong and confident in what God had called her to do. She didn't look like we often can do. You only got to be a social media follower and look at what someone else's life is doing and compare your own life and feel like you're less than. She didn't, she didn't do that. She was confident and strong and secure in who she was in God. And she focused on that and she gave that her best shot. She poured into who God called her to be. She didn't allow obstacles, insecurity or comparison to take her down because her mind was fixed. Do you know what we feed our mind on will determine where we live our life from, whether it's from our spirit or from our soul. There's a um, psychological associations research from Rhodes Island says this about us, about people, human nature. Our mental health strengthens and supports our ability to have healthy relationships. It makes good life choices, maintain physical health and well-being, and handle the natural ups and downs of life and to discover and grow toward our potential. Now, having God's Word, if we want a strong mental health, having God's Word as our foundation, and not just knowing about it or hearing about it from someone else, but knowing it for yourself and anchoring it in your mind, anchoring it in your soul. That's what gives us a mental stamina and stability that won't take us out. It's like a roadblock to the enemy. When we have the the Word of God anchored in our soul, in our mind, it's like the enemy has no room because you're you're putting a block up against the tactics that come our way and they will come fast and furious until the day we die because his mission in life is to pull us down. He's relentless and always looking for inroads in our life and his only inroad in our life is up here in our mental thinking. That's why it's so important to gird our minds in the Word of God. Because he'll, he'll mess with us otherwise. He does. He messes with our thinking. And we have to make sure that we are healthy in our mental stamina so that we can ward off the enemy. Galatians 5.1 says, Christ has set us free to live a free life. So take a stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. Matthew 5.8 in the message, you're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and heart put right. Then you see God in the outside world. I love that. Do you know, the enemy does not want us to live a more kind of life. He wants to contain us. He wants to keep us small. He wants to keep us pathetic. He wants to keep us fearful. And there's a constant wrestle and war going on for freedom. On the other hand, God's Word wants to expand our mind. He wants to challenge our mind. He wants to correct us when we need correcting. He wants to release us into more. He wants to release us into this incredible place And that's what the war is going on for. Psalm 119, 130 in the Amplified said, The entrance, I love this, and unfolding of your words give light. That to me tells me that I need to continually renew. The unfolding of your word gives understanding, discernment and comprehension to the simple. I'm a simple girl and I love the fact that God can change my thinking, my mind, and renew it and make me strong. 
A.W. Tozer said, how completely satisfying to turn from our limitations, our small thinking, our insecurities to a God who has none. I love that. You know, when I became a Christian, I had some serious, serious mind shifting to take place. So this to me is real, the washing, the renewing. Like I've, I've experienced it firsthand to where my mind was. It was so unhealthy. My life was unhealthy as a result of my thinking. It was so counterculture to God's word for my life. And, you know, it's definitely been an ongoing thing. It's been one of my Achilles heels, if you want to say, or thorn in the flesh, where I have had to constantly renew my mind because of where it was. It's been a a wrestle, surrendering to the Word of God and renewing my mind until it was anchored in my thinking. It's not renewed until you act differently. You know, renewing means that you speak differently, you act differently, you think differently. And if it's not like that from areas in your life, then it's the Word of God you need to get in. It's not somebody else that's going to make that all different. It's actually the Word of God. It's washing that thinking with the Word of God. You know, people can help us. Books can help us. But it's the Word of God that actually transforms us. And I'm a living testimony to that and will be till the day I die because I know I need it daily. Oftentimes people have asked me, maybe they've identified to some part of my testimony and I haven't got time to go into all of what that is, but I was a very broken 18-year-old girl when I came to Jesus who had had a lot of stuff happen. And they often say, well, what were the keys? What were the keys? And they think it's going to be this keys that are going to just change like that. And I was like, actually, to be honest with you, the key was the Word of God and submerging myself in it renewing my old way of thinking to actually believe what God said about my life because that's what's enabled me and empowered me and changed me. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the Word of God, it's living and active and full of power. I'm spitting. Making it operative, energising and effective. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of the soul and spirit, the completeness of a person and of both joints and marrow, the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. Proverbs 12.3 says, you can't find firm footing in a swamp, but life rooted in God stands firm. I love that. When I read that, I was like, I can identify that because my life, my thinking was a swamp. And I needed it to be changed, to become clear waters. And what did that was the Word of God anchoring my thoughts in that. And it's still purifying, refining, refreshing and redirecting me to this very day. And you know what? You and I both need it daily. My, my sense of self-confidence had been eroded away and I had to find out who I was in God. This woman knew who she was. She knew that God had assigned things for her and she was surrendered. She surrendered her life to that and she was confident in that. And I didn't know that. So I had to find out who God said I was. And we can't receive the fullness of God, the more of God, if we don't understand how valuable we are to him. And I had to find that out. 
Because everything programmed into my thinking from my past told me that I wasn't worthy, that I wasn't valuable, to give up. But the Word of God challenged that and washed over that swamp. In John 7, 38, it says, He who believes in me, who cleaves to and trusts in and relies on me, as the Scripture has said, from his innermost being shall flow continuously springs and rivers of living water. I love that. It can wash over our old ways. So she girded herself spiritually. She also girded herself mentally. And then thirdly, she girded herself physically. When you read into her life a little bit more, you realise she didn't get weary or physically burnt out from stress, from worry, from life's challenges, because she was energised and strengthened by yielding her God design to God's purposes. Do you know, nobody burns out from serving God when they're doing it from His God design in your life. The only time people burn out is oftentimes when sin is in their life or when they're doing what they're not meant to be doing and they're striving. And when we strive in our own strength, we will get weary. But she knew what it was. She knew where her strength came from. And it says her strength came from her work with and for God and knowing that he was with her. That is a, a, a freeing place to be, a healthy place in your body. When you're not, when you're relaxed knowing that I am doing exactly what God wants me to do, what he's called me to do. I'm not comparing myself to anyone else. I'm not trying to do stuff in my own strength. <clears throat> she understood her God design and fit and she invested her life and gave of herself from what God had given her. No one burns out from fulfilling their God mandate. Doesn't mean we don't get tired from time to time, but being weary and being tired are two different things. And I'm so glad that physical stamina doesn't only come from exercise, although it is good for us, it's good for our body, it's good for our mind, but her physical stamina came from knowing she was doing what God wanted her to do. She wasn't worried and stressed out and like, doesn't let us off the hook from doing exercise. I haven't been to the gym for a year, but I met a Hungarian lady this year and um, I was, I'd never met her before. I was just standing there talking to her and all of a sudden she felt very comfortable about giving me information and advice I never even asked for and she just took one look at me and said, you actually need to strengthen your core must have been the way I was standing or whatever. And she said, um, you really need to walk around when you go for walks, put a backpack on your back, put weights in your back or get a personal trainer to help strengthen your core. But she said, you could do it just by doing that because blah, blah, blah. And she went on to say, but when we get older, this happens. And I'm like, okay, it's enough, thank you. I did not ask for your help, but thank you anyway. But it was true, sad but true. My core does need strengthening. But I'm definitely not going to be walking around our neighbourhood with weights in a backpack, I can tell you that. I may uh, just do a bit more exercise, I don't know. But it made me think about when she said that as Christians we have to be very careful to keep our core strong. Because the longer we go on, we can think we do it in our own strength, we can get a bit slack and not actually pay attention to the spiritual, mental and physical 
that we need to. And if we're not careful, I've seen so many people that started off with a hiss and a roar and who are not even going to church now because they didn't get their checks and balances or keep them in place. Nobody's exempt from that. <clears throat> Proverbs 31 woman knew that her core, her source, her navigation, her life force was her God. Her being was in Him and He was her sustainer and the reason for everything that she did. And because of that, she was fulfilled. She wasn't striving. She wasn't stressing. She wasn't physically breaking down because she knew that she was doing what God wanted her to do. Her strong arms were in Him. She trusted in the strong arm of her God. So in the darkest times, in the night seasons, He was the one. Her nightlight was the one that directed her and she was girded and ready. In Isaiah 41.10, it says in the Message Bible, your servant, you're my servant, this is God speaking to us, you're my servant serving on my side. I've picked you, I haven't dropped you. Don't panic, I'm with you. There's no need to fear for I'm your God. I'll give you strength, I will help you. I'll hold you steady and keep a firm grip on you. I love that. Weariness comes from self-striving rather than self-surrender. You know, there's an example in the Bible where in the olden days when they used oxen to get push things around or get things from one place to another, they would put an old ox yoke to a young ox to teach them the ropes, to teach them and also to help carry the load because the young one couldn't do it on their own. And And it's just a beautiful picture of Jesus helping us. We're not meant to be carrying the load on our own. We're not meant to be doing life in our own strength. We're meant to be yoked to him and strengthened by him. I faced a situation towards the end of last year where a struggle was going on in my life and there was something that a disappointment came my way, a very personal disappointment. The only way I can explain it, it was like a king hit from the enemy. And I got knocked to the ground and I felt like I couldn't get back up again. And the trouble was I was struggling internally because I realised I was fearful of what the outcome may or may not look like. So I did not want to surrender to God. I didn't want to surrender to the strong arm of God because I didn't want what was happening to happen. And I was like in this struggle, and it literally was wearing me out. It was wearing me out. It was wearing me down, physically wearing me down. And that's what happens when we're not in that place of peace with God, of surrendering with God or living in His strength. It can physically take us out. I didn't want to, to be honest, at that time, trust in the strong strong arm of God, but I came to a place where I did surrender And when I did surrender, that strength came to me and I stood up again. I strengthened my core by surrendering to God. Psalm 89, 13 to 15 says, You have a strong arm, mighty is your hand. Your right hand is exalted. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Loving kindness and truth go before you. Blessed. Happy are those people who know the joyful sound of the trumpet blast. They walk, O Lord, in the light and favour of your countenance. The 31 woman's girding 
<clears throat> and underpinning of all her strength came, all her success, all her significance was her fear of the Lord, her surrendering to God, <clears throat> surrendering to his strong arm because he was the one that enabled her spiritually, mentally and physically to man up and experience the more kind of life. Proverbs 31, 29, I'm going to maybe ask the team to come back, says this of that woman. It said, many have done nobly and well with the strength of character that is steadfast in goodness, but you excel them all. I love that. You know, she excelled in her spiritual and practical devotion to God. And because of that, it permeated every area, every relationship of her life. I love that. Proverbs 3, 5 to 8 says, Trust in and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart. Do not rely on your own insight and understanding. In all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognise him. And he will make your path straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord with reverent awe and obedience and turn entirely away from evil. It will be health to your body, your marrow, your nerves, your sinews, your muscles, all your inner parts and refreshment to your physical well-being and to your bones. I love that. The strength of the Lord outworked in our life as Christians is what distinguishes us. It distinguishes us so that people can see the light that shines in us. It's a light that shines for others to see. The Bible says that's what we are. Jesus, when He left, He said, you are now the light of the world. What distinguishes us is the strength of God that lives in us, not how amazing we are. We're all human. We all have stuff in our life, but it's when that strength in us shines brighter. When we live out of that spirit man rather than the soul man, that's what distinguishes us. So more isn't just for our benefit. It's actually so that others can see God. C.S. Lewis says, don't shine so that others can see you. Shine so that through you, others can see Him. You know, I mentioned there was this situation that came my way and it was actually... um, It took me by surprise, to be honest, because anyone that knows me well, I I became a Christian when I was 18 from a very broken background. And I passionately fell in love with Jesus. And I've had a lot of stuff that has taken place in my life. And never once have I blamed Jesus for that or held Him at ransom for anything, so to speak, that had happened. I just passionately fell in love with Him, embraced His Word and have tried to walk closely with Him and walk out the God call on my life ever since. But this situation that came to me, and I'm not going to go into detail, but it was very personal and it really deeply disappointed me. And what happened is I turned my disappointment towards the situation toward God. And it really took me by surprise because I started to speak to God like I'd never spoken to Him before. I was like, seriously, are you serious, God? Are you serious? I've, I've served you all my life since I was 18, as if I'm the big hero. But this was coming out of my mouth. But I realised I, I got weary. I allowed the disappointment that happened to 
wedge in my soul. I didn't speak to it and let it be overpowered by my spirit because I didn't want to accept it. So poison just seeped into me. And like I said, I became weary. I got to the point where Paul and I had to go and speak overseas. And I'm telling you this just so you know, it happens to everybody. Nobody's exempt from this. Sometimes you can look at somebody behind a microphone and think, well, it's all right for them. Or, you know, perception is such a liar. (laughs) And so I got to the point where um, Paul and I had to go and speak just in January this year. This is how recent it was. And I said to uh, Paul, I don't want to go. And they're to dear, dear friends of ours, our closest friends that live in America and pastors of a church. And I was like, I have got nothing. I've got nothing to say. I don't want to go. And we'd already made a commitment. So I, I went because we'd made a commitment and I didn't want to let them down. But when, when I got there, I, I was like, seriously, God, are you serious? After all this, And I was ashamed. I was ashamed that I was speaking like that because I've never spoken to God like that before. But I was like, I've I've loved you with all my heart. I've I've served your church, your kingdom with, with everything I've got. I have poured my life, heart and soul into my family, God. And for what? Are you serious? This is how I was behaving. And do you know what? God didn't judge me. He just let me go for a little while few months in fact and then as I went to this church in America I was in worship just like we've had worship tonight and and here I was in worship and I just felt the presence of Jesus come and stand right beside me just like you're here with me tonight and he just said Marie I actually know how you feel I know what it's like to feel disappointed I know what it's like to feel rejected. I know what it's like to feel all the natural emotions that you are feeling or could ever experience in life. I actually seriously know what it's like. I even know what it's like to say to God, are you serious, God? Because I was like, I do not want this, God. I do not want this in my life. I don't want this to be part of my testimony. I even said, You know, I understand. I understand what we go through in life is always to help someone else. But in this case, I said to God, I don't care about anybody else. I do not want to help them. Thank you, God. That's how bad I got in my thinking. But God didn't say, you bad girl. He actually just came lovingly beside me. He said, I know what even that feels like. He said, in the Garden of Gethsemane, I said to the Father, as I dropped to my knees in anguish and in sorrow, and disappointed with the people that were closest to me, I dropped to my knees and said, Father, if there's any way you could take this away, now would be a good time. And he said, but what I had to do is surrender it to the Father. And he said, and you need to do the same because your strength will come in your surrender. And so I did. I surrendered. You know, before that, I was waking up crying. I was going to bed crying. I was crying through the day for months. Anguished, weary, angry. And in that moment, an exchange took place. A beautiful exchange between Jesus and me. And I surrendered to the Father. And strength 
just came in to my being. And I stood up again. I realised I hadn't been standing for a long time and strength came in. He breathed his breath, his spirit. He, I died to that soul man. And now all I can say is, watch out devil, because you are going to pay for that. God doesn't judge us. He understands we're frail, we're fragile, we're human, but we can't stay there. You know, that's what I say, people hang on to things for years. You can't do that. We, we don't have an excuse to do that because we have the power of a risen Saviour available to us right here, right now. And He can breathe life into us. So I would just love to pray before Pastor Nadia comes back. And I know that there probably are people in this room, not probably there will be, that have experienced stuff. And maybe you're even hanging on to stuff. Maybe you've got unforgiveness. People have disappointed you and you don't want to forgive them or you don't want to accept it. But the only way to have freedom and strength is to let it go. You have to surrender it to the Father. And the beautiful thing is, an exchange will take place and you'll find freedom and strength in Him. So why don't we just bow our heads for a moment, close close our eyes, just for privacy. And if you're here tonight and you say, Marie, you, you're speaking to me, I can identify with that. I know what you're talking about and I, I need God. God's nailed me tonight. I know I need to surrender. Not in a bad way, just in a loving way, He's nailed you. But all you need to do is give it to Him. So I just, I just want you to raise your hand to heaven tonight if that's you and say, God, I'm surrendering it. Just as an act of surrender, here it is. Surrender to you, God. And in that surrender, I believe an exchange is going to take place. And you're going to be strengthened. You're going to be empowered. You're going to make the devil pay. You're going to be free in Jesus' name. Because it's not in our strength. We can't do it in our strength. We need the strong arm of our almighty God. So Father, I thank You for the hands that are raised. I thank You for the honesty, God. I thank You, God, that You you care about each and every situation, God. You see, You care, and You have the answer. And Father, we just raise our hands tonight and in in an act of surrender. And I pray, God, and believe tonight that an exchange, a supernatural exchange, will take place and a strength will come in. Strength, God. Healing, God. Empowerment. As we die to the soul man and surrender to your spirit. Surrender to you, Father. And God, I pray that you would just have your way and do what only you can do. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifenz.org.